Before we begin today, we'd just like to pay respect to the original custodians of the land we're coming from, the home of the Wangal and Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Now on to today's podcast. Good morning, North Pole, and welcome to the Christmas special of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. Another busy week in sport, Jono. A, quick, a few quick hits from the week that has been. The WBL Grand Final, which was won by Southside Flyers over the Townsville Fire, 99-82 Overnight, Lalana Mitchell took home the Grand Final MVP and Rachel Spawn medal after a game which included 31 points and 5 assists. So uh, a great year for the Southside Flyers. Yeah, I think it's been a great year as well as a great individual performance in the finals there. And that's the time that uh, you need to shine is um, when the spotlight's on you and, and she definitely did. So it was great to see. In the cricket over the weekend, Australia have defeated India in the first test after an extraordinary third day at the Adelaide Oval um, in South Australia, India got rolled for 36, their lowest test score ever, with Josh Hazelwood starring for the Aussies with an amazing figures of 5 for 8. <coughs> Australia chased down the 93 required for victory for the loss of only two wickets. So a great start to the summer of cricket for the Australian cricket team, Jono. Yeah, I think uh, for everybody watching, as well as Australia did, it was also a bit of a shock how poor India did as well. And um, great, great start there, but it's going to be really interesting to see how India actually reacts to this and see if they can um, bounce back because I don't think anybody saw that that performance um, uh, when they were when they're previewing this uh, match. So it'll be Definitely really interesting. Not. And they will also will have to do it without the inspirational captain Virat Kohli, who was flown back to India for the birth of his first child. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back in Melbourne on Boxing Day. Premier League wrap. Another couple of huge results over the weekend, Jono. Liverpool annihilated Crystal Palace 7-0. Who saw that coming? Palace, a Palace team that had actually been in form um, over the last couple of weeks. But Liverpool obviously stamping their authority and showing their class. Yeah, Liverpool just came out and said, you know what, we are the reigning champs and uh, you need to come at us. And so what happened was is all guns blazing. Liverpool just finished all their chances, and I think that was the big difference is the fact that they have people that are just clinical finishers, and I think that kind of showed. If you looked at the actual goals that they scored, they were all pretty good goals, and so that's that was really the big difference on the day. Manchester City um, defeated Southampton 1-0, which is a huge win for City, especially after that disappointing draw against West Brom in the previous round. Jose, Jose Mourinho Spurs lost 2-0 to Leicester City, saying Leicester City and and Brendan Rodgers up to second in the table. So could it be another magical year for Leicester? Possibly. Yeah, Leicester just always seem to, to kind of creep in there and nobody expects them. Nobody talks about them, but you know what? They always get the job done. They always beat the big teams when it counts. And you know what? Jamie Vardy just does a great job for, Keeps for, going, doesn't he? Yeah, for his story as well and his background and what he's kind of come through. Props to Jamie Vardy, props to Leicester. They just keep on battling every single time, every single year. So it's great to see. Absolutely. And maybe Manchester United listened to my rant last week because they came out and absolutely hammered Leeds 6-2 um, in what was a, a display which, which showed their attacking prowess. Obviously still some issues at the back, but Jono, it's good to see United uh, in the goals again. Yeah, we'll have to see if we had some uh, Manchester viewers from last year, uh, last uh, episode, sorry. But um, yeah, it was really good actually to see uh, them actually score in open play. And also some new names kind of getting on the score sheet. You've seen kind of Bruno Fernandes as well as Rashford kind of saving the day majority of the time. But it's good to kind of see a little bit of different names on that score sheet as well as Martial getting in some crucial assists. So it's good to see him uh, kind of being a playmaker as well up top. And Arsenal. 
what do we say? Lost 2-1 against Everton. Could it be a relegation year, John? It would be massive for if Arsenal get dragged into something like that. Yeah, I think that would be... It's it's not like it's out of reach, but that would just be insane if they actually, at the end of this year, if, if they don't bounce back, let's say, in 2021, I'm really hoping that a bit of a break, a couple of days, whatever it is, that they can actually regroup and um, and bounce back in 2021 and have a much better year than they had this year. So we'll see what happens there. A couple of big headlines out of the States as well, Jono, in, in regards to the NFL, a couple of big uh, results and over the weekend. Yeah, so starting off, we had the Jets um, claiming their first win of the year. But um, as all Jets fans know, when there's good news, there's always bad news to follow. And uh, basically what that means is that now the Jets don't hold necessarily the number one pick. They might still get it. But what happens in the NFL is the worst, uh, the team that ends with the worst record gets the number one pick in the draft, and it's really, really important. And so by the Jets winning, they actually remove themselves as the potential first pick. Um, so a good and bad day for the Jets, getting a first win of their season, but also possibly losing out on that first pick of the draft. And then um, I think in bigger news is the Patriots have officially bowed out of the playoffs and been eliminated from being a potential playoff candidate. Um, that's breaking an 11-year streak under that whole Bill Belichick and Tom Brady kind of era. Tom Brady still with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, still has a chance. Um, but what do you think? I mean, Bill Belichick couldn't necessarily get done without Brady. Is is it saying that Brady was the keys or was it just kind of a rough year for the Patriots? Yeah, I certainly obviously think they missed <clears throat> Tom Brady um, and just shows you the quality of player as well as the... Um, the level he got out of the players around him. So yeah. I think it just is, um, it's a transition year for the Patriots and they may experience a few years where um, success doesn't come quite as easily as it has um, under the Tom Brady uh, leadership, especially on the field. So, yeah. um, but still a huge story out of out of the NFL. 2020, Jono, I think we've repeated it a few times um, over the year. It's been a massive year and it's a year that sort of keeps giving both positive and negative storylines especially out of the sporting world a few sad i guess headlines from this year in regards to a few um huge deaths and and, and passings which were sort of um sort of came from nowhere in some sense we obviously had kobe bryant um the tragic you know helicopter crash earlier this year where his young daughter gianni also passed away yep. um kobe was only 41 at the time diego maradona Maybe a little bit more predictive, I guess, in terms of the lifestyle he lived outside of his of his football career, um, but still passed away at sixty. We saw the mourning, especially in Argentina, yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago, as well as the legendary Paolo Rossi, um, the Italian legend who led Italy to the nineteen eighty two World Cup um, with his six goals. I guess all three of these sports men and sports people um, were bigger than just their sport, and obviously. Um, their legacy and, and their passing reverberated not only around the sporting world but around um, society at larger. Yeah, that's the whole thing is that these three individuals in particular and, and you know, unfortunately this year as of every year we do lose a lot of greats in the sporting world but these in particular were sporting personalities and global personalities as well that everybody identified with and and majority of the people who were in that sporting world knew of of these greats. You know, every, every a lot of people knew of Kobe Bryant, whether they followed basketball or not. Same thing with Maradona, same thing um, with Rossi. You know, you, you knew about these legends of the game. And so, you know, unfortunately, we, we saw them all three kind of pass a little bit sooner than, the, than we wish that we would have. 
Um, but they may be gone, but they will never be forgotten in my eyes, and especially the legacies that they've built within their individual sports as well as the world game. Absolutely. There were certainly three sportsmen that transcended their sport, um, and as you said, will never be forgotten um, well after their well after their passing. I guess the two other big notes from this year is COVID and, and the Black Lives Movement. COVID, we obviously still see um, affecting society, the Black Lives Movement, um, is one that continues to be supported and um, recognised by sporting stars and sporting bodies around the world. Um, obviously, out of these, there has been some some negatives, but there has been obviously a lot of positive storylines this year as well. Um, I think we should start with Liverpool ending their Premier League drought, 30-year wait. So had never won a, a Premier League after it changed from the first division in 1990. I mean, under, I guess, the leadership of Jurgen Klopp, um, really romped to the title uh, earlier this year, I guess, but for, for last season. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's it's mind-boggling for someone like me who's more or less a Premier League neutral. I don't necessarily stand with one team. So the fact that Liverpool has had that long of a drought with the players that they've been able to produce year after year after year is insane. And, you know, you just you just think of how much this actually meant to Liverpool fans, the club, those players, that they that it, it took this much effort and, and coordination from everybody to be able to put forth this title-winning season. And I think that this season in particular, no one competed with them on the level that they were able to compete. And I think it shows a lot to the players, the coach, Jurgen Klopp, as well as you know, Liverpool as a whole really band together and said, you know what, we're going to focus on winning the Premier League this year. And that's exactly what they did. And they ended their drought, rightfully so. Well, I think it also what it showed was um, the importance of having a vision um, and having a, a direction. So obviously Jurgen Klopp didn't experience success straight away, uh, but the board backed him. He brought the right players in. Obviously, they won the European Cup um, the year before. Um, and then obviously brought home the Premier League uh, this year. And as defending champions, obviously the one they really wanted, but obviously they trusted Klopp's judgment and, and he brought in the right players for the culture that he was trying to build there. And, and obviously they, they could go back-to-back um, this year. Yeah, and that's the big thing as well as what you said, is that they actually trusted in Klopp. And I think that's what we see, unfortunately, too often is the fact that as soon as something goes south, the organizations just sack that coach. And this happens in every single league pretty much. So it's actually was really refreshing that they stuck with him. They saw his vision as well, and they aligned together to produce this result. And in that time of the Klopp era, and it's still ongoing, but they've won a Champions League and the Premier League. And I'm pretty sure that's probably the two top things that they wanted to do. Absolutely. I guess we touched on it last week in our women's uh, special. But the women's Australian cricket team winning the T20 World Cup earlier this year in Australia, just before we actually went into a lockdown. Um, the final, which was played in front of 90,000 people at the MCG, I think just reiterated um, the growth of women's sport over here in Australia, but as also globally. Um, and also the, the interest that is in women's sport um, when it is put on main TV and, and also supported... Um, through the advertisers and through the uh, sporting bodies. I think that was an important um, symbolism for women's sport this year. Yeah, I think it wasn't so much that they actually won, but it was what they actually did off the field. And so what they did was they gained supporters. They gained more interest in those, you know, children growing up, seeing that and, and, and more involvement in the grassroots levels as well. They really, 
inserted themselves as somebody, especially within Australia as well, globally as well, as one of the main teams here now. And I think that was really refreshing to see, especially that being a woman's team as well, seeing that 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 was the talk of the town. And I hope that continues to be that we can keep on talking about this as, as we keep progressing. Definitely. I think, as I said, I think women's sports actually been one of the positives that has come out of um, COVID. There's been definitely a light shone in it over the last couple of years through yeah. some major sporting events. And I hopefully um, in 2021 and, and ongoing, that women's sport, uh, both here in Australia and globally, um, continues to grow and continues to be supported, um, not only through sporting bodies, but also commercially. Um, so obviously the level of that women's sport can be raised. Um, and who knows, one day they may be on or near parity to, to your men's sport yeah. in terms of pay and um, the same sort of uh, conditions that our men experience when they play professional sport yeah there's nothing that should be stopping that you know we should keep on embracing the women's sports and we should keep on pushing forward with things so hopefully we keep on making these little milestones as we keep on growing so you know what the cricket team could have been just the start of it and seeing that many fans come and support maybe next time around when we can get fans back in the stadiums that's the next things we can continue to see that on a long-term basis definitely also on a quick note from a, a local level here in australia um, I just want to have huge congratulations to Cameron Smith, um, who led his Melbourne Storm to the National Rugby League uh, competition this year over Canberra Raiders in the grand final. And Cameron Smith um, hasn't yet retired. There's still a bit of um, discussion about what he's going to do next year, but there's no doubt he's going to go down as, as possibly the greatest rugby league player um, ever, or definitely one of the greatest rugby league players. Um, quite a legacy he either will leave John will obviously leave when he does uh, eventually hang up his boots. Yeah, he's one of those players as well that just continues into his older age as well and just continues to be great. That no matter what team he's on or, or you know the players that are surrounding him, he is able to elevate their game as well. And that's exactly what's happened is, yeah, there's been chatter about him retiring now for a couple of years, just like all those other greats that are older in age, but he still somehow produces. So it's always great to see... Um, those type of players continue to win because, again, from my perspective, is I love seeing history be written, and, and that's another historical moment there. Absolutely. I guess earlier in the year, we saw um, potentially one of the great, and he will he already is great, and potentially will go down as one of the great quarterbacks in American football. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes, um, who led the Kansas City Chiefs to their first Super Bowl win in over 50 years against the San Francisco 49ers. Jono, how good is this kid right now and how good could he become um, when we're talking about Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, look, I, I think the sky's the limit for him and I think you know Kansas City should be pleased that you know he's wanting to stay there and he's wanting to keep producing there. And I think what he showed as well is that he's just not a one-trick pony. He's, he's able to produce in many different ways, whether that's throwing the ball, running the ball, um, and you know he's he's a he's a leader, and that's what you need. And I think overall, you know, what he can do is he can just keep bringing those people around him and just keep elevating them. And I think what needs to happen though is that Kansas City Chief needs to continue to pile in the support for him as well because they know how good he is, they know his potential, and for him to keep on growing and keep on competing year in and year out, they need to make sure they surround him with the proper people as well. So it'll be really interesting how the Chiefs really handle this because. They have the keys to success, but it's just how are they going to utilize everything else around them? It's certainly an exciting prospect, and, and we look forward to watching Patrick Mahomes over the, 
over the coming years and, and see how many uh, Super Bowls he can bring home to uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He might not get close to Tom Brady, but uh, he'll certainly probably give it a, a good shake, nevertheless. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know if he's ever, if anyone's really going to get to that Brady standard in terms of championship winning, but we'll see. You never know. Possibly, exactly. Talking about great players, I guess looking at the other end of the scale, he's probably, he's, I guess, continues to perform at such a level. He's like a fine wine. We're talking about LeBron James leading the Los Angeles Lakers to the championship this year. Obviously, we had that bubble in, in Orlando, Disney World. Um, but what a phenomenal athlete, Jono. Not only what he does on the court, uh, with obviously his, his skill set, but obviously the leadership he shows on and off the court and the way he... He took that Lakers team, obviously with Anthony Davis in, in support, um, but the way he was able to raise the players around him, their levels, um, and the expectations he ex- he expects from those players um, is quite phenomenal. And, and you know, who knows how many more championships, how many more years he's got left in him. Yeah, to do what he's doing at his age, and also you got to realize that he came straight out of high school as well to play in the professional league. So he's been playing for that much longer at a professional standard, and that takes a toll on your body. And for him to continue to perform year after year is great. Now, there's no comparison with him and Michael Jordan because they're just different. They're both the greats. And they're both the greatest of all times in different ways. You know, So what LeBron does is just very different to what Michael Jordan does. And I think what he's doing right now is, is phenomenal. And I, I know he has a great supporting cast in the Lakers. But he's also done it as well with not such a good cast in Cleveland. So it'll be interesting to see how he can continue. Also how much longer he can go go for at this elite level because we know his son is uh, is right around the corner a couple well, years out. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll see how that goes and uh, see if he can actually um, figure out a way to get his son on his team or like I prefer is to see them go against each other. Great family rivalry, that one. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll definitely be good to see, but um, we'll see how things go. But he's just a premier athlete overall and, and, and what he does is just in, incredible and there's, there's no doubt that he is one of the greatest of all times in terms of sports globally. Absolutely. It'll be great to see LeBron. He'll be kicking off this week, Jono. The NBA is unbelievably back. So yep. um, we're in for another roller coaster year and, and hopefully some really exciting basketball um, this year, which we, we will touch on later in the show. Definitely. Tennis has been one of the sports that has been really affected this year. Obviously, we've had Grand Slams cancelled um, and pushed back. Obviously, top players pulling out of, of some of the Grand Slams. Um, but nevertheless, there has been some amazing results over the year. Novak Djokovic winning his eighth Australian Open earlier this year. Seems like a a mile ago when we had crowds and, and whatnot in, in Melbourne Park in Australia. So he continues his love affair over there. Talking about love affair, Rafael Nadal, 13th French Open this year. Quite unbelievable. Um, and with that, equaled Roger Federer with the most singles titles or Grand Slam single titles with 20. So two phenomenal tennis players Jono, and, and obviously we've been blessed to see Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and, and Novak Djokovic all playing at the same time. Yeah, that's just the thing is we're just really lucky to, to live in this generation where we can actually witness those three just go head-to-head-to-head to head to head all the time. You know, you, you come up to semi-final matches and it's like it's a final and then you get to re, re-watch it basically another final because they're going against each other again. And so it's great to see. I mean, I think we definitely see some dominance in, in Novak in terms of the Australian Open and Nadal at um, the French Open and then also Federer at Wimbledon. So it's, it's good to see that they kind of have their home courts more to say. Um, but it's just, it's just a pleasure to, to watch them continue to compete year after year. And, you know, they're, they're getting older, but they're still able to produce at such a high level. It's, it's, these are the things that are remarkable within sports. 
talking about phenomenal athletes, Lewis Hamilton, um, obviously phenomenal on the on the course with his Mercedes team, winning his seventh drivers' championship this year, which is which is amazing. Um, but for Lewis, I think it's been what he's done off the track in regards to the Black Lives Movement matter, especially within Formula One and and standing up for for the minorities who have not been represented as well within Formula One, especially a sport which has traditionally been middle to to upper class white. Um, Lewis Hamilton currently still the only, currently the black driver in, you know, representing any of the teams. Um, How do you think Lewis Hamilton will be looked upon after this year, Jono, and obviously going into his legacy? Obviously a phenomenal driver, but um, his social awareness and, and his ability to stand up to Formula One has been quite impressive this year. Yeah, I think for me personally, and I know we're both fans of Lewis Hamilton, is he has to go down as the athlete of the year, sportsman of the year, because not only what he did on the track winning every single race pretty much in my eyes, but also what he did off the track as well in terms of his of his activism off off the track and, and the awareness that he really brought and the way that he also presented himself. You know, he really holds himself to a higher standard, you can tell both on and off the track. And I think that really showed and hopefully that really sparks the movement within um, Formula One as well as then also in these other sports. And I hope that he's an example to others to see how you should hold yourself and how you should conduct yourself, both when you're in in game or when you're off the field as well. He certainly used his privileged position um, for good this year and hopefully that continues into next year. I guess touching on from, from some of those positives, John, obviously the year it has been, there has been some negativities or negatives um, which have come out of the year. Obviously, the the cancelling of, of the Tokyo Olympics as well as the Euro 2021, which has been the 60th anniversary or Euro 2020, 60th anniversary this year, uh, which is going to be played across 12 European countries. Obviously, both of those events have been moved to next year. Um, how do you think that's, that will affect those events? And, and are you hopeful that there will be some crowds there next year because obviously both those um, global events are very much dependent on on the crowds and, and support from both you know national countries supporting their their athletes yeah, exactly this is the olympics and the euros world cup any kind of world event is really about those countries really getting together and and you forget about all the everything else that kind of happens and you all watch and and you really come together to to watch and support your team and it's it's a real big moment of camaraderie, and, and it's going to be unfortunate if we can't have fans because I think that what, that's what really makes it. I know we've both been very lucky that we've both been able to attend the World Cup, and we can say that it's really the fans that make the World Cup good. It's not necessarily the games that go on, but it's the atmosphere that's actually created. So same thing would be for the Olympics. You know, it's that atmosphere, and it's those athletes train all their life essentially for this moment, and they want to celebrate it with those people who are supporting them as well. So... You know, it'll it'll be interesting to see if it can go on first off and then also if we can have fans there as well. So I'm hoping for it, but we'll just have to see. Along with COVID, we've had the Black Lives Movement matter. Um, Obviously, the the positives that come out of that is obviously you've had athletes such as Lewis Hamilton uh, really raise the awareness um, of the lack of diversity within their sporting organisation. But obviously, there have been some negative headlines. Obviously, we had the issue with the English FA um, not that long ago where the head of the English FA said some derogatory comments in regards to black football athletes. Um, where do you see the Black Lives Movement matter at the moment, John? Obviously, we've just seen in England um, the players voted to keep 
uh, kneeling at games uh, before kickoff, um, which I think is a positive move. Uh, but where do you think it is in terms of going into next year and where do you see that momentum and, and what do you think is most important in terms of going to 2021 and seeing real change happening um, in regards to the Black Lives Movement matter, uh, not only from a sporting uh, point of view, but also as a society societal point of view? Yeah, I think that, you know, of course this conversation has, should have been something that's had years and years ago and we shouldn't even be talking about it at this point because their change should have already happened. But I think what the players did this year is they all kind of took a stance and this is across all leagues. And so now what needs to happen is the players have taken their stance individually and as a team, but they need to bring it up to these leagues and these organizations as well. It needs to get moved up the ladder there. And I think that we need to see one league kind of lead as an example maybe for then the rest of the leagues to kind of to go forth under that. And I'm, I'm hoping that we see that in 2021. And I really hope that the players are the ones that actually push for this, for these leagues to start. And we see change within the leagues as well. And then that will start doing a trickle effect to, to, the, to the rest of them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It definitely will be. And it'll be intriguing to see where 2021 takes us. I think in, in summarization, I think 2020 has, has definitely taught us um, that community um, is so important, not only for, for sporting communities, but us as a, a community as a whole. Um, I think the, the matters that have been brought up through 2020 have, have definitely taught us um, where we are as a community and where we need to go as a community. I think the Black Lives Movement matter is something that is really important for for not only sporting organisations to be aware of, but also um, us as a society. Um, and I think the connectedness, which, which we all um, are part of as being human beings, um, I think has been reinforced this year where parts of that have been taken away because of the pandemic. Um, and I think for us to forge ahead, I think we need to, to rediscover that connectedness. And I think sport is one of those leading bodies which can help um, and is integral um, in connecting us as a community uh, people that say sport and, and politics and sport and society do not mix I think have, have been shown this year that it certainly does um, and I think sport's going to continue to play um, an important role in um, in the coming years um, especially as we keep continue to work through this pandemic and um, challenge societal norms yeah I think that 2020 has been very different in terms of the world also and and then also in the sporting world and I think that my my point on this is that I really hope that all these leagues all these players all these individuals fans everybody just has the opportunity to take a step back and just reflect on everything that did happen this year take a step back and think and think in the ways that we can actually institute some change in certain things and and I think that what 2020 has showed is you know there there's a lot of good but there's also still a lot of bad within this world as well as then within these sporting leagues so hopefully that this is the time that they can reflect on everything that happened this year and and we can see some actions actually take place hopefully it does Jono and um, we'll see what 2021 has to bring but to end on a bit of a lighter note guys uh, me and Jono have written up five predictions we have for next year within the sporting world this can be cover any sport um, any topic um, so Jono do you want to start with your five predictions for next year and uh, yeah. let's see how we go. Yeah, I'll go through uh, through my five here. So my first prediction, I might have some favoritism to this, but um, I'm going to say that the Phoenix Suns in the NBA will make the playoffs and also make it past 
the first round. That I, is a huge call. I, I think that the moves that they've done, you know what, it's a, it's a short-term move, but I think it could be good for the short-term. Um, don't agree with the long-term, but I think it was a good short-term move. And I, I think that they went 8-0 in the bubble, and I think that they're going to come back pissed off that they did not make it into the playoffs in the bubble. So they're going to be out to prove. So I think that they're going to make it in and, and cause some havoc. I certainly think you'll be interesting to watch. I'll give you that. You will be definitely interesting to watch, and I'll be tuning in to see those Phoenix. We just see how Chris Paul and Devin Booker get on. There you go. My second one is um, it's been a lot of chatter about this one, but I definitely think that Messi is going to be leaving Barcelona, especially if they bow out quite soon in the Champions League. I think I, I'm with you on that. If you've yeah. been watching him play this year, it's been. It's not the Barcelona of all, and certainly not the nope. Messi that we're used to. Yeah, it's very, very different. And I, I, even if somebody else comes in as president, I don't think it's going to really change it, especially if they lose in Champions League. If they somehow win the Champions League altogether, you know, maybe he stays. But that's my only thing of maybe he stays. My next one is um, I actually think that um, Tiger Woods' son, Charlie Woods, is going to win more tournaments than his father his, will. How old is his son? Well, his son's only 11 years old, so I'm saying Phenomenal. within his respective age group and everything. But um, if, you, if you've seen, they have just did an exhibition game, the two of them together, and um, they did quite well. And uh, I mean, for an 11-year-old, he was quite impressive, let's just put it that way. So you know, Tiger might be bound out soon, and uh, we might have a new Woods in the game. So it'll be interesting to see. Got another Woods on our golf tour. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah, definitely. My uh, fourth one is that I believe Kevin Durant is going to win the NBA MVP award. So I think, you know, he came off um, season-ending Achilles injury, but he's in Brooklyn surrounded by great um, great players and, in my eyes, uh, really, really good coaching staff being um, ex-Phoenix Suns, full coaching staff there. Um, but I think that he definitely has what it takes, and I think he's going to come out determined, and I, I definitely think that he's going to win the MVP this year. I can't disagree. I think Kevin Durant is going to have a big year. It's going to be really interesting to see how he comes back from that Achilles injury. Always a difficult injury to uh, to come back from. Yeah. And then my last one is for the Euros. I'm going to go with a bit of an upset in, in the sense uh, against the favorites, but I actually think that Portugal is going to win the Euros. Massive. Back to back. Imagine that. And would, that would that cement Ronaldo as the greatest player ever? I wonder uh, how that would... That, go to having that argument. And and that's exactly why. Is I think that he was a little bit pissed off in terms of the individual awards this year. And I think that you know he knows realistically that this is going to be his last big effort for him to perform at the level that he's performing right now with Portugal. And when he puts on that Portugal shirt, you should call him Superman because he just performs and put that team on his back. So I, I, I think they could possibly do it. It would be great to see. It certainly, he certainly does inspire the players around him. All right, my predictive results for 2021. Firstly, off the back of my rant last week, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will not last the year at United. And if he does, it's a disgrace. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will not last the year at United. I think Carrick will possibly be one of the uh, coach, side coaches will will take reins at the end of the year. And then maybe we go after Poch or Al. Allegri next year. That's my uh, that's my prediction for 2021 for United. So just so everybody knows, Seb did put this as his only Christmas wish to Santa's le- uh, to Santa. So um, that's all he's wishing for that's this Christmas. That's all I'm wishing for, Santa. Come on, mate. You can pull through for me. Talking about the Euros, um, obviously I do think Ronaldo is certainly a shot with Portugal, but I'm going to go with Belgium next year. I think yep. it's coming to the end of that golden generation or supposed golden generation they have. You've got Kevin De Bruyne, possibly the best midfielder in the world at the moment. If Eden Hazard can get back to any sort of form he was like at Chelsea in his fitness, 
Um, you've obviously got a world-class player out wide. And you've got Lukaku banging in the goals for Inter Milan. So the only question mark I do have with that Belgian team is defensively. Yeah. Um, but certainly going forward, they can match it with most of the best teams in the world. So um, I think they can go deep next year if they can get it right. Yeah, I mean, Belgium in my eyes, they, they should have done better in the World Cup. And I think that this is their, their chance to prove that they are a powerhouse. Um, they got the players. It's just can they avoid injury and poor form at the time? You know, we'll see. See, it's a, it's a long ways away in terms of potential injuries, especially with Hazard's form as of late and injury proneness. So we'll see what kind of happens there. But don't disagree with that one. Extending from Jono's point in regards to Messi, I'm going to go a step further and think he is going to sign for PSG next year. That Ooh. is my bold prediction Ooh. for Lionel Messi. Reason being, you've obviously had Neymar um, in the media coming out and and pretty much saying he wants to play, or he does want to play with Messi next year. Now, the chance of Neymar going back to Barcelona, I don't think that's going to be happening no. anytime soon. No. And the only two clubs that probably can afford Lionel Messi are Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain. I just think Manchester City, the way they're structured at the moment, I'm not sure if Messi really fits into their plans, uh, but I could see him at PSG. It wouldn't be a magical front three if it was Mbappe, Neymar, and uh, Lionel Messi. Yeah. And Ligue 1 would really stand a chance then, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, but that's just the thing. I don't know if they'd be able to keep Mbappe if they uh, if they brought on Messi. But maybe, um... they, maybe they saw the rest of their defenders <laughs> and just go win games 9-8, get a couple of the 16-year-olds uh, in. You know, I, I, I do agree. I think PSG would be essentially, as of right now, the, the spot for him. I mean, you never know. Maybe a little uh, Juve uh, move, uh, Ronaldo Messi team. Oh, here up. we go, Juventus. <laughs> always, always Juventus with... Mate, you just worry about you just worry about your midfielders over in your bed. Just get Dybala yeah. happy before you move for Messi. All right, NBA season. A little bit more of a um, predictive on the whole set of the season as a whole. I think it's going to be actually one of the tightest um, and closest fought in living memory. I actually think there's at least half a dozen teams which potentially could win this league. Obviously, you've got the Lakers with Davis um, and LeBron. Obviously, they're they'll probably go in favourites. Um, again, but then you've got their neighbours, the Clippers, who yep. really disappointing at the end of last year. Kawhi yeah. Leonard, um, Paul George, um, they've certainly got the talent there, but whether or not they can bring all that together. You've got Golden State returning. Um, Steph Curry's back. They're going to be a different animal this year. They're not going to be the same team they were last year. So I expect big things and big improvements from Golden State. We've touched on Kevin Durant coming back for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think they have the potential to go deep, especially if Kevin Durant can get anywhere near his yeah. best. Um, then you've got Miami, who had a surprising deep run last year to make the finals against LA. We've got Jimmy Butler, who is, who is actually one of my favorite players. I really enjoy watching Jimmy Butler in terms of the effort he puts on yeah. out there every year. Um, and then you've got the teams. You've got Philly. You've got... Um, off. You've got Celtics as well. Yeah, you Celtics. Got, you got a couple. There. I, you, you definitely have a couple this year that you, you don't know who's actually going to win it. I mean, of course, there's some stacked teams there at the top, but you never know what's actually going to happen. And you even have somebody like the Trailblazers who, you know, they always put in effort, especially during playoff time. And, you know, I think as well, we, we don't necessarily know the resting spot as well for James Harden. So he could be teaming up with somebody like Miami. He could be going to Brooklyn. He could be going to Philly. So... You don't know what's going to happen with that. I think that this year is definitely going to be um, it's going to be a coin toss when it comes down to it. And I don't think we're really going to find out at the beginning of the season. It's going to be more as towards the end, maybe after the All-Star break again. We'll start to see who the real contenders are. So it'll be interesting, though. Absolutely. And last one, coming from a bit of a more of a local uh, perspective here in Australia. But uh, from the Northern Beaches, not a place you'd really want to be at right now. But uh, I predict Kieran Foran, so the uh, former Manly Seagulls, 
playmaker who's returned to his uh, boyhood club. I expect him to have a bumper year next year and remind fans of the quality of play he, he was once when he led the Seagulls to a premiership in 2011. Um, I expect him to have a massive year, um, either alongside Daly Cherry, Daly Cherry Evans or in, in the number nine for the Manly Seagulls. So uh, keep a close eye on uh, Kieran Vaughan next year. Yeah, I think uh, Seb just speaks with us right there with Manly. I mean, um, it seems like nobody can say anything against them. So, well, well, once well, the Northern Beaches are open, I will uh, certainly go back down there and sit on the hill and support the boys. So, uh, expect to find me down there yeah. home games next year. We'll, we'll see what happens with Manly. We'll we'll keep an eye on them, I guess. Well, guys, that is the final episode of Behind the Lights for 2020. Uh, we want to thank you for the support you guys have shown us um, over the back end of the year. Um, and me and John have really enjoyed bringing you this show um, each week. We'll be back bigger and better in 2021. Um, Jono, it's been great. Yeah, it's definitely been great. And um, we hope that everybody has a happy holiday wherever you are and however you're celebrating it this year. And um, stay safe out there. You have a safe and happy Christmas and New Year's with your loved ones. Um, and we'll see you in 2021. Thank you and good night.